On December 11, 1941, Nazi Germany declared war on the United States. The interesting thing about this decision is that they didn't have to do it. In fact, they would have been far better off if they hadn't done it. This decision has been one of the biggest mysteries of World War II. Learn more about why Hitler declared war on the United States on this episode of Everything Everywhere Daily. This episode is sponsored by Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. I recently had the chance to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond, and I can attest to its exceptional aromas with hints of caramel and vanilla intertwining with its oakiness, which provide a well-rounded flavor profile. Taking a sip is akin to experiencing a piece of bourbon history firsthand. Heaven Hill Distillery may be America's most quintessential bourbon distillery. Established in 1935 after the end of Prohibition, the distillery was established by the Shapira family and has remained a family-owned distillery to this day. In 1897, Congress passed the Bottled in Bond Act, which set forth strict rules for any bourbon labeled Bottled in Bond. Heaven Hill Bottled in Bond bourbon goes beyond the stringent requirements of the law by aging its bourbon for seven years, not four. The end result is a gold medal-winning bourbon that truly stands out. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill, bottled in bond. Heaven Hill reminds you, think wisely, drink wisely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to tell everyone about the upcoming Intelligent Speech Conference. This year's conference will, not surprisingly, be taking place online. It will have 40 of the Internet's top educational content creators giving presentations on a wide variety of topics, including culture and history. This year's conference will be taking place on Saturday, April 24th, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. And I'll be speaking there as well. I'll be doing a presentation on how travel and history are two great things that go great together sort of like a peanut butter cup. You can register for the conference by going to intelligentspeechconference.com, and if you use code EVERY at checkout, E-V-E-R-Y, you can get 10% off your registration. Go to intelligentspeechconference.com. The United States did everything in its power to stay out of the Second World War. The war is usually dated as beginning on September 1, 1939, when Germany invaded Poland. For over two years, the United States kept its distance. Hitler conquered all of Western Europe and was on the outskirts of Moscow in late 1941. Roosevelt desperately wanted to enter the war. His administration provided support in the form of money and equipment to the British and other allies, but that was the limit of American involvement. They didn't partake in any combat. Here I have to zoom out to give an overview of what the relative strengths of the United States and Germany were at the time. Germany had a population of 86 million people in 1939. The United States had a population of 146 million. That's a substantial difference of 60 million people. In 1941, the United States had the largest economy in the world with a GDP of $1.1 trillion. The GDP of Germany at that time was only $412 billion. 
the economy of the United States was almost three times larger. Moreover, even before the Americans ramped up production to a wartime economy, they were one of the world's largest manufacturers of both aircraft and automobiles. To be fair, the U.S. military wasn't anything to brag about at this time. The number of full-standing soldiers in the U.S. Army at the outbreak of the war was only around 17,000, with another 220,000 in the various National Guards. In 1941, the Germans had over 3 million men, most of whom had seen combat and a correspondingly large amount of military equipment. The only real bright spot in the U.S. military was its navy, which had built up its fleet before the start of the war. After Pearl Harbor, the Hawks and the Roosevelt administration thought they had their causus belli, a.k.a. their excuse to go to war. Unfortunately, it wasn't the war they were looking for. They were much more focused on what was happening in Europe, especially to their allies in Britain and France. They would certainly go to war with Japan, but that wasn't the top priority. Here you might be thinking that Hitler had to declare war with the United States due to the tripartite pact that Germany had signed with Japan and Italy. This is not true. The tripartite pact was not invoked when Germany declared war. The tripartite pact was a defensive treaty that only obligated the other parties to declare war if one of them was attacked. As Japan was the aggressor against the United States, Germany was under no obligation to declare war. Moreover, it wasn't like the Axis powers were a real alliance in the same way that the Allies were. They never planned anything jointly and never really worked together. In fact, the Japanese never gave advance notice to the Germans that they were going to launch a surprise attack on the Americans. The Germans suspected that something was going to happen, but they were not privy to information regarding where or when. So, it came as a surprise to everyone when, on December 11th, Hitler declared war on the United States. The Americans returned the favor within a few hours. The Roosevelt administration, which spent two years wanting to get into the fight, but lacking the excuse to do so, suddenly had it drop into their lap. Germany picked an unnecessary fight with a country 50% larger in population, three times larger economically, and moreover, located on the other side of the world where their industrial and manufacturing base couldn't be touched. Moreover, because Germany never managed to invade Britain, the Americans had a way to attack German economic targets. Hitler could have just done nothing. Even if war with America was inevitable, not declaring war immediately might have held it off for a year or two. That would have given the Germans valuable time to focus their attention and devote all of their resources to their invasion of the Soviet Union. The North African and Italian theaters would have been postponed or perhaps never happened, as well as the invasion of Normandy, without the addition of American troops and resources. There were several strategically dumb things that were done during World War II. The Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor and the German invasion of the Soviet Union were two big ones. However, at least for those two, each country had some sort of reason for doing what they did, even if the reason turned out to be wrong. The Japanese thought that they could take out the Americans in a preemptive attack, and the Germans thought that they could overwhelm the Soviets quickly and conquer an enormous swath of land. With the declaration of war on the Americans, there wasn't even a pretense for possible gain. It wasn't as if Hitler was in any position to try to invade North America. So, why did Hitler do it? For starters, it isn't clear that anyone else in the German high command wanted to do this. When the Japanese ambassador came to see the German foreign minister, Joachim von Ribbentrop, the day after Pearl Harbor, von Ribbentrop stalled. He knew that the Japanese wanted the Germans to declare war on the Americans, and he also knew this was something that they didn't need on their plate at this time. 
After the war, interviews were conducted with Nazi officials who were present when the decision was made. It turned out that Hitler made the decision without consulting anyone. It was a totally unilateral decision that surprised many in the upper echelon of the German government. There were a host of reasons why Hitler took this unnecessary move. First, he assumed that an American declaration of war was imminent. If there was to be war, then he would rather be the one to initiate it. Second, he never really thought strategically about the United States. In the early German war planning conducted in 1937, the United States never even came up. He was far too focused on the map of Europe and didn't see the U.S. as a strategic threat. Third, he viewed the U.S. as weak and decadent. He saw a multiracial democracy, which was the antithesis of everything Hitler stood for. He didn't see how a country that produced jazz music and motion pictures could possibly be a threat. Fourth, he overestimated the power of the Japanese. He thought that the Japanese would easily defeat the Americans for the above reasons, and that the Americans would probably never even get to Europe. Fifth, Hitler had some enormous blind spots and some profound ignorances. He never traveled much and was woefully ignorant about the United States. His decisions were made through his prejudices and racial theories, not through any actual data and intelligence. Finally, Hitler just hated Roosevelt. He was the leader of a bourgeoisie decadent country, and he had Jews in his cabinet and as friends. He called out Roosevelt in his address to the Reichstag in his declaration of war, when he noted, quote, I will pass over the insulting attacks made by this so-called president against me. That he calls me a gangster is uninteresting. After all, this expression was not coined in Europe, but in America. No doubt because such gangsters are lacking here. Apart from this, I cannot be insulted by Roosevelt, for I consider him mad just as Wilson was. I don't need to mention what this man has done for years in the same way against Japan. First, he incites war, then falsifies the causes, then odiously wraps himself in a cloak of Christian hypocrisy, and slowly but surely leads mankind to war, not without calling God to witness the honesty of his attack in the approved manner of an old Freemason. Unquote. Hitler had some respect for Stalin and Churchill, but he had none for Roosevelt. So, long story short, there really wasn't a good reason for Hitler to declare war against the United States. Was war inevitable? Probably. Would delaying the war have changed the outcome? Maybe. But ultimately, it was ideology trumping strategy and theory superseding reality. And whenever that happens, reality always wins. The associate producer of Everything Everywhere Daily is Thor Thompson. If you'd like to support the show, please donate over at Patreon.com. There is content only available to supporters, merchandise, and even opportunities for a show producer credit. If you know someone you think would enjoy the show, please share it with them. Also remember, if you leave a five-star review, I'll read your review on the show.